right, so should we begin here? Cool. All right, so uh, greetings from Porterville. I'm John Miranda. I'm the creator of the Porterville podcast. We're sponsored by Cosmic Horror Monthly, joined by my wife, Jen. She plays the lead actress on the show, August Potts. She's a news reporter. I'm her co-host, Guy Redshirt. Uh, right now, we have Ryan Kruger, director of Fried Berry. It's now a Shutter original. It's won some awards, but we'll get into that. Several best film awards. Yeah. So why don't you take a moment to uh, tell us about yourself and your journey making Fried Berry and like from start to finish, like where your journey went from through awards, um, film festivals to now being on Shutter. Yeah. So originally uh, Fried Berry started as a standalone uh, three minute experimental from 2017 and there was never really uh, a plan to yeah to make it into a feature it was the reason why i i, I decided that i wanted to make like a bunch of uh, experimental films because i'm normally known as a music video director in south africa so i wanted to have free range to do whatever the hell i wanted to do and not worry about record labels or getting on tv so i was just like you know, even though when I was shooting music videos, I could do what I wanted. I was kind of still in a box because at the same time, I had to get on TV, but also had to suit the music and all that. And, I, you know, I decided that I wanted to, you know, shoot these experimental films. And funny enough, the first experimental film was was uh, the three minute shorts of Fryberry. And, and that had not really anything to do with the feature in a sense. Like I said, it was just a standalone experimental and it was... Basically, just a there was no sci-fi element to it. It was just a a guy in an abandoned building off his head and drugs, and we we just saw his highs and his lows. But then that went to festivals around the world, uh, picked up some awards and stuff, and got some fan art. And yeah, it was just yeah, it just did really well. And and it was weird that we got fan art for a short film because that like that, like never happens. And and then it was like yeah, it was like down the line where I got to a point also in my career where, you know, for a long time coming now, I've always wanted to shoot a feature film. But, you know, as a independent filmmakers, you know, you know, that's always like the dream for most of us is, you know, to make, you know, to make that film. But, you know, it costs money and you don't want to spend your own money and you want to get a studio behind you and all that. But then, you know, I've come close many times and then it just doesn't happen. So it ends up, I actually went through a bit of a rough, tough time and I just when I was down and out, I was just like, you know, what is the number one thing that I've always wanted to do? And it was, you know, it was to to make a feature and I could have shot, you know, I had all these scripts on my desk and um, and then I got the idea for Fry Barry. And I didn't, you know, then I didn't have a script. And as soon as I got the idea, I was like, this is definitely the, you know, the one to do. And it was more, what interested me more than anything, it was like, oh, I haven't seen this film and it's different. And if you watch this film, it is impossible to forget that you watched this film. So it was, it was one of those. And I thought, well, that's, that's what you want. And the other scripts that I had were good, but there were nothing like too original, you know, there was nothing like really original behind it. I could have easily 
made it, got lost out there. And uh, and I and like, as I said, with I think with Fried Barry, it's one of those films, whether you like it or not, you you're gonna you're gonna remember it. And I think yeah. I think that's why I thought that's this is the uh, you know this is the winning one. Well, we and are then, glad we persevered with that. Yeah, so really, it took took yeah. So took about three years, you said, from two thousand. No, no. So it was so so literally what happened then was I took in three days I wrote a fifty percent scene brief breakdown, which was very just like you know Barry does this, Barry does that, and it was just like an overall skeleton structure for like half of it, you know from beginning, middle, and a bit of the end. Uh, so there was all these gaps in the middle. And then, you know, I spoke to my producer and I said, because um, at the time I was like super like down and depressed and and I just met uh, this producer and I worked with him on one project. So he didn't, he didn't actually know like how down I was at the time. And I, you know, I said to him, I want to make this film and I want to make it next month. And he was like, well, you know, why, why do you want to next make it next month? Because you know, like it's, it's a bit soon. And I'm like, well, if we don't make it next month, it's never going to happen. It's just going to get pushed back. Like all the other times, it's just not, not going to happen. And he said, have you got a script? And I was like, uh, not really, but there's a design to how I want to do it. And I want to develop it as we go. And I need to shoot it in a certain way because of the lead actor, who's not actually an actor. And, and I also wanted to have that like organic, you know, feel of it where, you know, majority of films, it's set in concrete where this is it, this is what we're shooting. And it's like when I watch a film, sometimes like I press pause and I'm like, what can happen next? Yeah. Could this happen? Could this happen? Or could this happen? And it's always interesting to see, you know, when we watch majority of films and the majority of the time, it's the two ideas that you thought would probably happen. And with the design of Fry Barry, I wanted to make it really you know, like unpredictable that you didn't, you know, that you didn't know which way it was going to go. But anyway, like a month later, we we started shooting the film. And, you know, even though there was a lot of improv in the movie from um, me working with a lot of uh, the other actors, not my lead guy, uh, because Gary's not an actor. So I, I, he was the only guy that I didn't want to do improv with because the movie relies on uh, Fry Barry. So I had to like work very you know, very close with him. But, um, but yeah, I mean, all the, the main dialogue in the film that I wrote and stuff like that. And, you know, we improved on set, you know, on, uh, on certain scenes. Uh, but I think that's where, you know, the beauty came out of it. And, you know, where all the like really fun stuff happened that, you know, like I said, it was nothing was set in concrete. And if you get a cool idea, you go, we can do this. So there was, a, there was a lot of, it's not like we rocked up and we just started shooting and thinking of ideas. Everything was, planned in in every in every sense and that's why you know with fry barry it's a very um it's a very you know the, the film is all about the experience it's all about the trip it's all about the journey because the story is easy and and that's the i think that's the thing like some people watch it and will get more out of it and then other people watch it and they go oh, that's just one scene from the next but there's a lot of you know there's a lot of depth and uh, you know the design of the movie is to take you on this journey as if your Barry or going on this journey uh, with with Barry and it's you know it's meant to feel disjointed at times and it's meant to yeah just take you on this trip and if you don't go into it open-minded then it's like you're gonna have a bad trip because you're like oh I just don't get it I just don't understand it but as I said there's a lot of uh, depth within the film where 
you know, we see the dark side of uh, humanity and how crazy, uh, you know, society is. And it's not the alien that's crazy. It's actually all of us that are pretty weird and do weird, uh, weird stuff. So from soundtrack to cinematography to lighting to to sound design and, and the, you know, the way we shot it, it's all, you know, it's all designed to take you on that weird you know, uh, weird, like, drug trip, you know? Yeah. yeah, I really appreciate the perseverance that went into that, especially when you're in a moment where you're like, I'm really down to overcome that and be like, I'm going to do something right now. You know, I think yeah. that's great. And, and that's the thing. It's just like, I think, no, I think no matter what, like, career you're in, you know, we always get those, uh, you know, blocks in front of us where we want to do this or we want to do that. And I always say like Nike got it right. Just, just do it, you know, just do it. And there is, there is no better, you know, there is no, it's cheesy, but there's, there's like, there's no better advice than just to actually do it. Cause at the end of the day, I mean, you just, you just have to do it. Otherwise you can't wait for everybody else. And I, I'm not saying I've sat there in the past waiting for it to happen. I've worked very hard to get where I am and I've, and I keep trying and I've had a lot of, I've probably had like four or five times where something was going to happen and then it didn't. And then I stopped getting excited, excited because it, does, it doesn't happen. And that, and then sometimes you just got to do it yourself and not wait for anybody, anybody else. And then it's entirely, you know, up to you. So I think, you know, no matter what job you do and, you know, it's like people that stuck in one job and they go, oh, this is what I do, but I want to do this, but the, they might be making good money, what they're doing, but they're not happy, but they want to do that. So are they okay with making less money, uh, which is a big problem for most people, making less money and doing the other job but being happier? So that's the thing. And it's not hard. Like, if you want to do it, you can do it. It's actually the answers right in front of you 99.9% .9 of the time. You just, you just got to make those steps and go, right, I'm going to quit this job. I'm going to do, you know, I'm going to do this job. And, I mean, the other day I had a dream um, – and it was, it was like 15 years ago. And I was handing in my notice in a clothes shop that I used to work in. And I was handing him a notice going, and I was like, like I was so nervous to hand in my notice to the manager to say, I, I can't work here anymore. And I've got to focus on my film career. And I was like 15 years ago. But in this dream, I was like, oh, oh my boss is going to kill me. She's going to, she's going to hate me. You know, uh, but that was the dream. And I was like, shit, man, that was like 15 years ago. So for the past 13 years, I've only ever done my acting and directing and that's it and, not, and, and nothing else. So I'm very lucky to do what I love doing. And, you know, I've worked hard to get here and yeah, and it's never, it's never enough. So you always want to do more. And I think that's, I think that's a healthy thing. Maybe, I don't know, yeah. <laughs> that you still, still want to push on and, you know, and uh, and do more. And instead of looking at something and going, that's amazing, that we don't need to do anymore, you know? Yeah. Okay, so so speaking of which, so you've worked on several moving picture projects, producing, acting, you did a little bit of acting, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Music videos, um, directing roles. Tell us about your favorite role so far and what draws you into the horror genre right now, or sci-fi, I guess, technically. Um, yeah, I think, uh, well, you know, a lot of the time I work, I mean, everything I direct, I produce and write, 
and work with other producers. And, and then I, I work a lot as an actor. So, you know, people always say to me, you know, if you could choose, which one would you do? And the thing is, I'll always do, you know, like I'll always do both. But at the same time, you know, when you're an actor, you can't really, you have no control over your career. You know, you go to an audition, you either get it or you don't, and you wait for the next one. And with directing, at least, I, you know, I can create content and, and kind of in control of my career to an extent. Uh, but yeah, with, with acting, uh, quite a few years ago, I did a, it was like a sci-fi horror um, uh, South African film set in America, but we shot it here uh, called Last Broken Darkness. And um, uh, director Christopher uh, Santos. And um, yeah, it was all, like an awesome film, awesome cast. And I played, I actually played two characters in the film, but the, the, the one character I played was um, like this uh, hillbilly dirty like hillbilly dude but it was like cool it was it was it's always like it's always cool to play like a bad guy and I think in that it was just like it was a cool like a cool uh you know post-apocalyptic style film and the character was just there was just like I, I think as an actor when it doesn't look like me and it doesn't sound like me I'm like I did a good job that's like that's all right because it's it's like you know when you look on a family video and on the day you think, oh yeah, like fucking, I'll look, I'll fucking look good today. And you've got your clothes on, and you're like, oh, I look cool today. My hair's looking nice. And then you look back on the video or the pictures, and you go, not bad. You just look fucking stupid. And you thought on the day that you look really good. So for me, like when it doesn't look like me and it doesn't sound like me, I'm like, cool. That's that's cool. <laughs> and it was just like I had, you know, I dyed my hair black, dyed my beard black. I had these like fake teeth in and it, yeah, it was just the Southern hillbilly guy, which was, which was cool. So I, cool. I enjoyed, I enjoyed that. So can you do like a, a country hillbilly for us? No, <laughs> I'm not going to do it. That's like somebody goes, Oh, what's your favorite song? No, just, just sing me a little line. I'm not... <laughs> you didn't for your track. No. Hey, you made a, a cameo though in fried berry, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I was in that bar. Right yeah, and I, I played uh, a Liverpool. So I'm originally from Liverpool, uh, but obviously in that I put on like a heavy, like Liverpool uh, Scouse accent. But that was cool. It was a uh, yeah. The, the the scene was actually longer to start with, and then we uh, I just made it shorter. But it was like a, yeah, it was a cool. It was a cool little little cameo. And I, like when I do my filming, I always want to try and get um, everybody in there. So I got my producer in there. I got my DOP. And so it's always nice, you know, like my film crew is like my family. So I'm always like, oh, we, we've got to stick you in this bit or we've got to put you in this scene. And it's, yeah, it's, I don't know, maybe it's one of those things where, uh, I mean, my, my DOP was in this one bit in Fry Barry and he's talking to one of the sex workers outside the, the brothel. And every time I see that scene, I just, I don't know if it's like a personal thing because we know it's my DOP. We're all like, ah. <laughs> We're all like laughing our heads off, you know, because it's because it's him. But it's always fun, you know, putting uh, you know our crew members, you know, in in scenes and stuff, you know. Yeah, because she she recognized you, and I was like, she's like, hey, that's that's Ryan Kruger right there. I'm like, I thought he was from South Africa. Got like the <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing. So so my my, uh, my mom's English, my dad's South African, hence the okay. the surname Kruger. Um, so yeah, I still, I still get, uh, haven't for a while, but I used to get like a lot of emails and like Afrikaans and I'm like, can you just like say all that again, but in English? Uh, <laughs> yeah. 
Um, so I wanted to ask you a question too. Um, did your experience in the music video industry influence the visual style of the Friedberry film? I think, um, I mean, you know, there's a lot of people say, you know, uh, some of Fry Barry looks very like music video uh, style. Uh, I guess maybe in probably some of the scenes, especially like probably the, you know, the the dance dance club scene. And um, but it's one of those things that's where any any type of filmmaking always, you know, always helps, um, you know, push push you f f uh, more forward and further doing what you want to do. So I mean. You see, the thing is with me, with music videos, the majority of the music videos I shot in South Africa and what I'm known for is narrative storytelling within music videos. So it'll either be a short story or it'll be a short story cut into band performance. But I always hated like shooting band performance because it was just like boring. They they do their th thing. But uh, I, I guess so with uh, like the fast uh, editing and cutting and stuff like that, I guess uh, that is. But because I'm known as a narrative, narrative storyteller within uh, music videos, I think when you do your first feature like me, it's it's not that much different, you know, because the, the music videos I was doing is basically short films. So now this is just a longer film, but obviously I've never spent so much time on one story and and one character. So that's so that's really fun to to uh, really you know uh, you know go into that and and that character arc and, you know, and just telling, you know, staying on set for like, you know, 28 days of, of, uh, you know, of a story. But that was the other interesting thing with Fry Barry because, uh, you know, we shot the film over a year and a half, but we only shot 28 days. So it was like plan, plan, shoot, plan, plan, shoot. Mm -hmm. And, and it was better that way as well because of, um, you know, it, for, for, you know, the in-between of, uh, you know, seeing what I've got and what I need. So I can be like, cool, we've got this and we've got that. And by doing this, it was, it was cool because I could see like, you know, you know, what I needed, what I didn't need. And also I, I, I realized by doing that, that heart of the movie was, you know, was Barry's wife, you know? So there was all these things of like, oh, we actually need to bring her back. She needs to be she needs to be in the movie more and you know there was all those things that you that that you that you learn and there was other scenes where you know we could do this and this and this but the movie doesn't need it uh, we need more uh, you know character development and and you know important you know more important stuff like the wife and stuff like that to 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 go back to yeah i could just really see through like the cinematography and the visuals of it that you know it's you can see that it's unique so, mm -hmm. yeah, I, I really appreciate that. Oh, cool. Think, Thanks so much. I think also, I mean, like you said before, this is a very unique film. And I don't want to give too many spoilers away because I don't know how many people that will listen to, to this have seen the film. But it's not like a typical alien takes over body story. It's almost like, like you said, like a horror movie. The alien takes the joyride, but they're kind of thrust into our dirty worlds. It's like a horror movie from the alien's perspective. Yeah, it's just like a genre mashing film. And that's the thing. You've, yeah. you've, it, it's not a standalone horror film. It has horror elements. It has sci-fi elements. You've, you've got all this dark comedy humor you will either get or, or don't get. 
Mm-hmm. And and that's it. And it's I think it's left up to the audience to, you know, to to go on this journey and whether you're going to go on this actual journey. Because the other thing is, like I said, there's a lot of death in the movie, but also you also can't take it too seriously because it's a crazy, wacky film. And that's, the, you know, the design of it. You know, when I thought of this idea, I was like the 11 year old version of me back in the 80s, you know, would be like, uh, you know, growing up in the 90s, you know, when I was watching films like from the 80s, uh, fucking whatever age I fucking was, was that, you know, I loved those films. You know, I'd love, like if this came out when I was a kid, I'd be like, ah, oh, this film's amazing. And you would have it on the, the VHS, taking it to your friend's house. And and that's what I did. Like, you know, you know, gr- you know, growing up in the, um, in the late 80s, you know, you'd get that Nightmare on Elm Street or, you mm-hmm. know, and you'd take it around to your friend's house and you would uh, all watch it. Luckily, my mom and dad wasn't, like heavy strict or anything like that but it was uh yeah it was one of those things that I just you know is what we did and we grew up with so I also made it for that reason of um because I, I think that's the thing when you make a film you got to know your target market and I know that target market would be me and um, those collectors and those people that love those cult style films so that's why you know it's, it's like my producer said to me at one point uh, you know, Blu-rays and DVDs are out, man. Like, we're never going to get this on. I was like, dude, I fucking bet you there's going to be Blu-rays and DVDs because the the people that follow horror and all that, they want the, that that hard copy because I do. That's what I did. I, I want those hard copies and they, and that's the thing. And then as soon as it came through, I was like, yeah, dude, I fucking told you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I remember the, the VCRs used to eat my VHS tapes, so... Yeah. That's something that was the that was the that was the best like that was the best like and, and that's why I put, I put those like in, you know like the intro to the movie the certification thing so I don't think you guys I, I I have spoke to somebody else about this but the in America the the person that I spoke to they said you guys didn't get it but in England every time you got a video from the video shop there would always be this guy at the beginning going this film is rated 18 <laughs> that means nobody younger and everybody used to go uh, and fast forward it or everybody your family or your friends we would all read along with it because we've heard it like a million times <laughs> so and I was just like it was that that sentimental value of of growing up in the 80s yeah. and having you know having that there so then like that had to be on there or at the cinema which they don't do anymore is that you know the intermission so it was just like you know, yeah, it was I just like, like yeah. yeah, I got kind yeah, of like this the, like grindhouse feel to it. You know, yeah, it, yeah. It was even more gritty to me to watch the film after that the intermission. Yeah, and, and that's the thing, and it implicated it, it within the movie. So, and you know, like the advert that he watched, the adverts that he watched when he was at his his wife's place, and then later when he gets knocked out. Now yeah. it's those adverts again, but it's he's he's in it. You know, so it was a clever. Yeah. way of uh you know of screening that yeah um so will you reveal to us <laughs> your funniest most surreal or most horrifying experience in your career um you don't have to name names but you can <laughs> we can bleep them out <laughs> okay now i've got i've got a good fried barry one uh for a funny uh a funny one um, so when we were shooting um, the birth scene, and uh, that's all I'm going to say. You, you guys know what I'm talking about, right? Okay. So when, when we were shooting the birth scene, obviously I explained to Gary 
this is what we're going to be doing. And I explained to the actress, this is what we're going to be doing. So we're going to shoot it like this. And you're going to be naked. And Gary, you're just going to have your pants down. And we're going to block it like this. And we're going to shoot it like this. So it's like, okay, cool. So then what happened was we were setting up the scene. And that scene was actually in the studio. So we're setting up the scene. You know, the guys putting the lights up, the DP sitting there. We're just getting everything ready. And then my DP was like, Brian, like, what, what's Gary doing over there? So I look, and Gary's completely naked. I don't know why he's naked. He's, like, completely naked. And he's, like, standing there, and he's, you know, looking down at his, at his crotch because we gave him, like, a, you know, like a sock, a yeah. sock, uh, sock to wear. But his pants was only meant to be down. He's still wearing his jacket and everything. It's just his pants are down, and from that angle... And, you, we, you know, we just gave him, like, a, a sex sock, whatever you want to call it, so he can, like, strap it down, whatever. So then he's, like, completely naked, and he's just standing there, and he's, like, fiddling around. So I was just, like, you know, I go up to him, and I'm, like, Gary, uh, you know, what, dude, what, what do you, you do? And I can't help looking what he's doing. I'm, like, Gary, what, like, what are you doing? And he's, like, I'm just trying to get this thing. And I was, like... And I'm like, well, dude, what, what, like, what about your balls? And oh, no, the balls are okay. And I was like, we don't want to see your balls. And then he was like, and I was like, and why are you naked? And he's like, I don't need to be naked. I'm like, no, I told you before. I said, why are you naked? And he goes, oh. So he, he picks up all his clothes and he walks up. And I'm just like, oh my God. So I don't know, because I explained it to him, but he was just like standing there, like completely naked. And he just grabs his clothes and like run, runs off into the changing room. So oh, yeah. maybe he just wanted you to know that he was fully committed. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's just funny. And then the whole balls thing. And I was like, dude, what what, what about your balls? Ah, that's all right. Yeah, I don't it's mind about fine. <laughs> yeah, <it's> fine. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, so we have a weird question. <clears throat> We're gonna find out a little bit more about you, like what's in your psyche here. Okay. Okay, so Venturing into the Portalville realm, you are invited to Mr. Sinclair's mansion for a costume ball. Suddenly, the horde is closing in. What objects would you use for protection, and how will you escape? And now, you cannot use guns, because this is like an 1800s show. <laughs> and this mansion resembles the famous Winchester crazy psycho maze mansion. Yeah. Uh, so I would, I would, uh, so if I had somebody with me, AKA Barry, I would, uh, I would just probably strap like loads of, uh, like steaks to Barry or something oh. <laughs> and just throw, use him as the bait and just like throw him over one of the balconies and yeah. try and make my, make my escape, but let him get like eaten. So I've got my, you know, they'll take the bait and I'll, uh, I'll try and sneak off somewhere and hopefully not get eaten like uh, Burke and, uh, and aliens and be selfish and get eaten anyway, you know? <laughs> I think Barry would agree to it too. I think he would do it. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 He would probably would do it naked. naked though. He would he throw, naked? throw him off naked. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That's better than my answer. It's way more creative. I was going to say I would use like a serving tray as a shield and get like a punch ladle and strap forks and stuff to it and just go out swinging. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would I would use the, uh, the the big metal serving plate just to go down the stairs and out the front Ooh, door. Yeah. That's what I'd use. <laughs> Put Barry naked on the serving platter and just push him right out the door. 
There you go. Or I can put Barry on the servant uh, table and ride on top of him and go out the door. Yeah. <laughs> like I can just surf straight out of there. <laughs> so when you make it into a movie, just assuming that you will, <laughs> can Guy and August be extras? Um, Guy's good at dying for free. I die like every episode of the podcast. So Yeah, and... <laughs> August had an acting class like one time, so there's that. You hired. You both hired. You can buy yes. the rights for that. We tricked you into that question. He said you're hired. <laughs> All good. Willingly die for free. Would you do it naked? Uh, he hesitated. You've lost the job. You've lost the job. We're going to have to let you go. I'm sorry. Well, I'll well, somebody for else. free. Clothes for free. Okay. <laughs> I want to see my butt. <laughs> Maybe you. Well, uh, I guess, uh, Mr. Kruger, thank you for your time and oh, giving us a pleasure. glimpse into your world. Uh, for those who want to more, know more about your new film, Friedberry, what can the fans of horror and Shudder expect and where can they view this film? Yeah, so you can check Friedberry out on Shudder and what, you know, we're always uh, having updates of the uh, new things about Friedberry whether it's uh, merchandise. So you can uh, go check out Fry Barry on Facebook or Instagram uh, or frybarry.com uh, or more information. Um, same thing on all the social platforms. Just type in Fry Barry or type in uh, uh, Ryan Kruger or ryankruger.tv and yeah, all the information's there. I'm, I am releasing more um, experimental films, which I think if you like Fry Barry, you'll, uh, you'll dig uh, some of the stuff that we're sending out. Um, like I have the new experimental now busy doing the rounds at festivals called uh, hashtag meow too. Uh, so yeah, you guys can uh, check out more information on Instagram and stuff. Cool. Now, <clears throat> do you plan on making a sequel? <laughs> a lot of people are asking this and I, I, I think I'm going to let it breathe for a bit. And I think a lot of people, a lot of people do want a sequel. If I did, I have got some really cool ideas that I would like to do. Uh, and if I did, it would have to be definitely called uh, Deep Fried Barry. That's what it would be called. <laughs> like and, and everyone would have one month's notice before you had to start. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, cool. thanks, well, thank man. you guys for so much uh, for having me. I really appreciate it. And it was like fun to talk to you guys. Yeah. yeah. Thanks again thanks for lot, joining man. us, Mr. Kruger. And with that, have a wonderful twilight. Thank you.